Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. I remember the feeling I had as a kid of the safety, security, and peace of mind contained in one word, home. I remember the comfort of knowing that no matter what happened, I could always go home. But far too many Americans live without that feeling. More and more have had that comfort ripped away. The crisis of a pandemic that has threatened their lives. The crisis of a recession that has swallowed up jobs, hours, wages, and lifelines. The crisis of injustice that has forced communities of color to make it in America with one dream tied behind their back. Each crisis chips away at their hope, at the promise of our nation. But I believe that hope is on the way. And on the way to be with us is my uh, good friend. And now I, I got to I, I, I have to say to you, uh, Madam Secretary of uh, <laughs> uh, our, our, uh, our good friend, Dr. Arthur Thomas. Um, oh, yes. My yes. Goodness. At former president of Central <laughs> State wanted me to, to send his best regards uh, to you, you know, he lives here in Washington and he is, uh, uh, so proud of you and the assignment that you've, uh, accepted. Um, thank you, Joe. You know what? I was, I, I'm, I'm so happy to be with you this morning. I was, see, the staff doesn't know our relationships, right? So I said, we want you to do Joe Madison. And I didn't tell him you were a friend. So now they know. <laughs> I know, I, I, I know that's a, uh, you know, and, and as I always tell uh, my, my team, uh, the, these are old relationships that go right. way back, and but it allows us to be honest with each other. Yes. And 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 uh, so so the first thing I want to ask is going in. What is? Could you give me your top three priorities as the uh, as the Secretary of HUD? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, certainly, they are as we especially go through this COVID situation, getting homeless people off the street. Because you know, Joe, that 40% of homeless people are black or brown or women. So mm. that's, that's one of the top priorities. Secondly is to treat people who live in public housing units that we control with the kind of dignity and respect they are due by making sure that we get the mold out of their units and clean up the, the rodent infestation and, and, do, and make it safe for kids to play. And thirdly is home ownership. Uh, we know, you and I especially know that in our communities, the fastest way to start to create generational wealth is through owning a home. But in the past, we've not made the, the playing field level. So I want to make sure that I level the playing field and give people a real opportunity to succeed. In terms of homelessness, and you bring up housing projects, a couple of things come to my mind. I grew up in Dayton, Ohio, and we had, you know, the housing uh, um, projects that um, uh, that I remember in my neighborhood. And uh, I even had a cousin, you know, our good friend Benny Thompson was his treasurer down in Clarksdale, Mississippi, and he ran uh, housing projects in Clarksdale, Mississippi. But he was uh, and, uh, Benny Gooden was his name. Uh, but he he was he taught. This is interesting. He he taught the people who lived in housing projects 
how to care for their homes. Because isn't it true, correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of these folks just simply don't know uh, as it relates what they're responsible for. And and so isn't it part of an educational process? You hit the nail on the head. You know, Joe, we we have to empower people through assistance and education and experience. We have to show, you know, people, you know, old people, Joe, used to say they would they would do better if they knew better. Yes. Yeah. This is a, that's exactly what you're saying. And it's so very true. And so the resources for these plans that the president has now, Joe, are really once in a generation. Uh, opportunities for people to make it to, to really make a difference in their own lives. And, and again, the, 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 how, the, the, this isn't meant to be. Correct me if I'm wrong. Permanent housing. That's why, as I just listened, and I know we only have a short period of time, but that's why um, housing stock has to be there. So when I I listened to Joe Biden yesterday. Uh, there's going to be a substantial amount of, of, of funds put into housing. I think I, I saw something like $213 billion set aside for affordable housing. Absolutely right. We are, over the next eight years, planning to build 2 million new low-income and affordable housing units because people keep talking about we need to expand vouchers, which, in fact, we do, Joe. But you can give as many vouchers as you want, but if there's no place for them to go, the vouchers are useless. So we have to create these kinds of, of, of units. And see, the other thing, though, too, people don't really think about, Joe, is a person that works hard every day and makes barely minimum wage, in cities like a D.C. Or, or in New York or in Chicago, they can't afford to buy a home or to live any place other than assisted living because the prices of housing is so high that we have priced everyday people out of the market. So HUD has to find a way to assist these people to move to their next step. And, 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 and again, like anybody who has ever bought a house, you might be able to pay the mortgage, but then eventually you may have to repair the roof, <laughs> the mm-hmm. plumbing. Uh, yes. and, I mean, that, that's all part of home ownership. Absolutely. And that's yeah. what people don't know. People don't even know how to go about inquiring as to whether they even qualify. They don't know how to go about realizing what it takes. As you said, you have to have some money set aside because there's always, I mean, a house is a money pit in a lot of ways. Um, So you have to be prepared for those things like a roof or or to fix a driveway or to whatever it may be. So that's what we planned on our side. Well, will you tell your staff, keep us posted, anything you've got, you you know, look, it's just a matter of, of calling us. And 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 I know I I mean I'm this is your first day the cabinet meeting the full cabinet or at least those who have been uh, uh, that have now on the cabinet uh, but tell your staff just anything that comes up keep us posted don't don't hesitate and um, you're always welcome uh, on the Madison show. Thank you, Joe. And I'm going to be needing you because as we start to roll these things out. Yes. Of course, because people listen to you and trust you, we're going to help. We, we're going to need you to help us get the word out. So we'll be in touch. You can count on it. Thank you, Madam Thank Secretary. <laughs> Thank you. We we'll con- appreciate it. All right. Um, and, and let me tell you, the great thing about uh, uh, Secretary Marsha Fudge is she understands um, 
housing uh, in her role before she came to Congress and what she had to do. But the thing is, is, is yesterday, Joe Biden actually put aside, has set aside, once this bill gets passed, $213 billion has been set aside for affordable and sustainable housing as part of the infrastructure uh, package. Um, and again, we used to refer to them as housing projects. Remember that? Um, and it was, again, it wasn't for uh, the, 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 it was to uh, allow people an opportunity to have a roof over their head, uh, to have uh, to s- some stability. And and that that's what it was. Now, but she said something right up front that I hope you didn't miss. HUD has a responsibility. The, the, the HUD is the landlord. HUD is the landlord. And like in, landlord of anybody, you have the responsibility. Because I remember um, cousin Benny Thompson, um, man. He, you know, folks used to think he was rough on folks who because he ran public housing in Clarksdale, Mississippi. Now, it wasn't a major, huge, like some of these uh, multi-story buildings you find in Chicago or, like, you know, in New York and stuff. But one of the things he did, and I always remember, he trained people on how to take care of their units. And, 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 um, and and they and then he held them responsible. So look, if you had a, a ch- I saw a case on one of the court on one of the judges shows, woman had obviously was in subsidized housing, and her child, eight year old child, would take crayons and mark up the walls. Remember that case yesterday? We were watching TV. I do indeed. Now, if that was cousin Benny. <laughs> Cousin Benny would pull that mother aside or whoever, said, look, uh-uh, your responsibility is, that, first of all, you're going to have to paint this. We're going to get it painted. But if it keeps happening, you're going to lose your, your housing, your subsidy. And, and, and but, they, but they, or if a screen had to be repaired or whatever. But HUD has the responsibility of rodent control, pest control that's up you know that's like any landlord and what unfortunately happens and by the way then you have to train people how to dispose of waste and 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 that type of thing but you know what has been happening down through the years is uh lack of repair immediate repair i'll give you an and and by the way in in school I my specialty was urban planning. The reason I bring this up, um, boy, I'm trying to think of the professor. He was such a well-known housing planner, but you know, there used to be the complaint in in some of these early housing projects. They were you know they were multiple levels. The people would complain that uh there were people would the kids would urinate in the elevator now that's terrible 
That's really terrible. I understand that. But then what people didn't say, the elevators were broke. They, and, 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 the, and HUD didn't fix them. Now, you, come on, you, on a, you got a, a five-year-old, uh, you know, on an elevator, and, uh, and, and uh, the elevator breaks. Um, <laughs> you know, the old, when you got to go, you got to go. I got to tell you, I was once in a shoe store. <laughs> Remember this little boy? We were in California. <laughs> I was visiting. We were in California. I know where you're going. And and the the the, the little boy had to use the restroom. He Tod- had to, toddler. Toddler. He had to pee. He just had to pee. Got to go. Got to go. go. And the owner wouldn't let him go to the restroom. You know. Well, I'm sorry. We don't have a public restroom. Little boy pulled his wee wee out and peed in the trash can. Right in the <laughs> trash can. <laughs> Made it easier for cleanup than on the floor or on some shoes. <laughs> and I thought to myself, wow. no, well, not that. See, Daryl goes, wow. But I'm, because see, Darryl, come on, Daryl. He, he's, he's, he was no more than two or three years old. At least he, he didn't pee in a pair of Nikes. <laughs> Truth there, <laughs> truth I mean, right there. But but my, you're missing my point, and that is, if HUD owns these and they're the landlord, they, then the landlord is responsible for maintaining. And sometimes the landlord, like cousin Benny, you have to educate people. If you, you know, like she said, you don't know, you don't know, you don't know, and 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 um, I and Joe, am face, I making sense? We saw this firsthand when we moved to a townhouse in southeast Washington, D.C., where yes. many, for some of the residents who were in that townhouse community. First time they were homeownership. First time homeowners had been renting all yeah. of their lives. They're, they grew up with families that rented, and that's what they were doing. No, no, and that, they that. needed education. They were Section, section 8. Section 8 had been. Had, had that, that's, and that's important. Yes. They were Section 8. And 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 they and they had opportunity to have a home, yes, a townhouse, but they owned it, yes. And one of the problems was what they still acted like renters or their mentality. Right. If something breaks, I call the landlord to come fix it. Well, you don't have a landlord anymore. You don't have a landlord. You're responsible that's for the repairs right. yourself. That's right. And, and they didn't know how to get the repairs. That's the that's educational right. component that you're talking about that was lacking in that case. Th- that's right. So, and then they would call the project or the, the, the manager of the facility who was re- responsible for the common ground. And responsible for the swimming pool, and and uh, uh, but they oh no wait and and the owner ne- I never will forget. He said, "Wait a minute, y'all." He had to, we had to have community meetings, and he would he would he would he would say, "I'm not your landlord. Right? You own this unit mm-hmm. now. This is your unit. You've got to you've got to cut the grass. Your grass. You have to fix your plumbing." And then, of course, what happens, as you know, people put so much money down, it costs so much to put down on home ownership, and they may have enough to get a mortgage, but then, as as you just heard uh, Madam Secretary Fudge say, houses can be a money pit. Right. 
and you don't realize, boy, that maintenance it, and upkeep. That maintenance are and extra. <laughs> um, uh, I I remember when the NAACP for years rented on Broadway for years in Manhattan, not far from Columbus Circle. And they decided they were going to buy a property. Benjamin Hooks was, uh, at the time, the CEO. So they left Manhattan and moved to a smaller facility in Brooklyn. And the board was not pleased. Oh, they were not pleased. And then uh, they decided to buy a campus a former convict in Baltimore, right. on the edge of Baltimore City. Matter of fact, those of you know where I'm, what I'm talking mm-hmm. about, right? And the board was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. And this was a big facility. Yes. It was a campus because uh, nuns lived there. Mm-hmm. It was a campus. And I never will forget, and I wasn't on the board at the time, but the, at the time they bought it. And they said, the problem, we can afford it. We can buy it. We can afford it. But Ben, can we maintain this? Can we maintain it? And it became, and everybody listening to me who's on the board, or and it became a money pit. Mm-hmm. Maintenance, upkeep, oh, repairs. Oh, it, 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 oh! I mean, just to paint the hallways was a fortune. Then the roof. Oh, I'm sorry. Then the furnace. Can you imagine a heating facility? And 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 was like, can you afford it? And this is what people go through. But you again, this is this is the responsibility of uh, of HUD. Then Joe Biden says. You also have to build smart homes, green homes that require less maintenance. This is part of the future. And it's hard for people today to think, uh, what do you mean? It's like thinking about uh, buying a car where you will never put gasoline in it again. And it's hard for folk. What what are you talking about? You mean we're going to have automobiles that are going to run on electricity, yep, you're going to be plugging your car in at home instead, and that's where when you're going to have to you're going to be plugging it into your electricity. All right, having said all of that, let me take some phone calls, and I thank the um, I thank the Secretary of HUD of having faith in us, and we're going to be hearing more uh, from her as these programs are rolled out. Uh, who is this? Oliver from Texas, first time caller about housing. Right on time. Go ahead. Joe, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Thank okay. you for holding. Hey, Joe, I appreciate your show. And uh, I'm a former Missouri Tiger myself, and you were uh, at, the, at the Wash U. So sometimes, Joe, you're, you're a black bear, then sometimes you're a black eagle. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you appreciating us. Thank you. Okay. Hey, but I grew up in the Pruitt-Igo Projects. Yeah, you yeah, know. you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about, Joe. When you, I, I had to call because when you talk about urinating in the in the uh, in 
the elevator, not only urinating in the elevator, but defecating in the elevator. And some folks lived in the elevator, and the elevator never worked in the Pruitt Igo projects because they only stopped on the fourth, the seventh, and the tenth floor. So uh, the 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 HUD secretary is right on because for for a long time everybody's been overlooked in the Pruitt Igo projects or any project building. Uh, I had cousins that lived in uh, Robert Taylor in, in Chicago, and also Sabrina Green in Chicago. So. This is a very poignant uh, subject, and I'm glad that the president is putting money into the program. And we finally, after four, four years, have a HUD secretary that might do something about about the uh, unusual and, and crazy uh, debilitating living arrangements in public housing. Yeah, and, and instead of demonizing the people, uh, it, it's a two-part process because – that's why, you know, I, I use my cousin Benny Gooden, it, his approach. Well, he didn't demonize the people who never, you know, they went from maybe living in rural Mississippi, the Delta, and then now they live in a more urban environment, and you had to educate them. You had to teach them, and that's what he did. He taught them, Here's, and and. and it's 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 a two pronged process. Go ahead, uh, uh, Oliver. Joe, Joe, you're so right. Uh, here's here's my 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 Pruitt story. I'm at the University of Missouri. I'm taking a class, and uh, we turn to a chapter in the book in sociology, and there's a building being blown up in the book, and that was my building in, in uh, Pruitt Project. So the professor, and keep in mind, just like you at WashU, you might be the only face in the class, right? So right. I had to raise my hand and go, wait a minute, here's the facts about urban housing and food agro projects. So the professor was taken aback. This is my sophomore year back in the, in the 70s. So we have not really progressed from the 70s up until now with, with, uh, with urban, uh, urban living, especially uh, uh, housing, because we've been overlooked, as you've been talking about, overlooked and underserved. Mm-hmm. And now it's time for us to get a voice with that. Yeah, I think the professor. Yeah, I think the professor that I uh, had um, it was Lee Rainwater. I think was his name, mm-hmm. and and it's been it's been years, man. Uh, but yeah. he was one of the he was one of the uh, progressive thinkers as related to affordable housing. Thanks for your call. Uh, who is this? Yeah. Elaine from California. Go ahead, Elaine. Hi, I'm calling from Northern California. I wanted to comment on the uh, housing and Section 8. Yes. I work for one of the top housing authorities here across the country. We're in Northern California. We're considered to be one of the top housing authorities. And I am a Section 8 inspector. I can't begin to tell you. <laughs> what I've seen on the job and people being terminated. I I love the Section 8 program. When I had my daughter, I was on Section 8 uh, for years and decided to go work for the housing authority. I don't understand people who get Section 8 because it's a long waiting list and you have to go through all these hoops and hurdles just to apply and get approved and finally get to Section 8 and briefings and all that. And then you find a unit. You know, you have to go out into the community. You have to find an owner who's willing to take your housing. And then we come out and we do an inspection. And I would say within the last mm, 10 years, um, I've seen Section 8 turn around in terms of 
owners, when tenants move out, they go in and they totally renovate the units and they make them look, you know, practically brand new. I don't understand tenants getting in there and then wanting or just destroying the unit for no I, reason. I, and then, and, 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 and I'm then, with you. Uh, and, and, and then I, owners, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, we had, we had uh, you know, we, we bought a couple of units. We flipped one or two of them, kept one. Because I wanted Section 8 people to have housing. We went in, painted, carpet. Upgraded you know, everything. Everything. <laughs> and, and, and I'm like you. I mean, it, but you know what? It, it just takes all kinds. You know what it's like, Elaine? The folk who call up to the Madison show and, and go through all this negativity and nastiness. And, and, and you wonder, why do you bother? Some people just, it's just some people don't care. I mean, but let me tell you, it's not just poor people. I know no, something. Yeah, I mean, there's some, there's some folk who are well-educated, grew up in nice homes, just, just don't give a damn, you know. They, they, and, and so that's why I don't like to generalize. But You know, but the unfortunate yeah, part about it is that, the unfortunate part about it is that, now you risk losing your housing. That's right. Because now, because now what we do is we go in and we take pictures of the unit of what it looked like before. And if right. you move out, if you have damaged that unit, if you have destroyed that unit, you either have to, you know, you have to, you know, go through it with the owner. But housing, we will take your voucher from you. If yep. you have transferred to another jurisdiction, we yep. will send that paperwork down to that jurisdiction and they will cut off your housing and you have to come and, back and, to us and, or you yeah. just end up losing your housing. Or yeah, you have but to like I it. said, like I said, you, you got to here's what I'm thinking. There's always those who make it a few who make it work bad for others. Yes, who, it is. Yeah. That, and that and and but, that, you know, I'm glad you see that's and maybe that's what there needs to be more of. And you might want to get in touch with uh, Secretary Fudge, and ex- and and because what there seems there may be the need for is more inspectors and more training, and 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 a different approach. Uh, so if you get a voucher, then we we you know there there's got to be a certain amount of experience or training that that goes with it. I mean it's it's the kind of program you have to. You do have to educate people. Home ownership is is can be difficult, and uh, uh, you know, for for people who have never had that that experience. But I'm glad you're out there and hopefully uh, helping people. But and I'm glad you called uh, about it. I'm glad this is catching people's attention. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.